Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sunderland are back to winning ways. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Rook Report podcast, or good evening, or good morning, or whenever time of day you are listening. What's principally important is that Sunderland have won a game. They have beaten Accrington Stanley 3-1 yet again in a performance far more convincing than that which saw us lose 3-0 to Peterborough, and generally all is more or less pretty happy back in the Jack Ross camp, as far as most of us are concerned anyhow. But anyway, let's get on discussing the game as it is today. I am joined in the studio by Craig once again. How are you, Craig? Very well. How are you? I'm not too bad. I'm all right. I'm also joined by Sam. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm, well, you know, again, not bad. And I'm also joined by local journalist Richard Menier. How are you, Richard? I'm not so bad. How are you? Well, uh, <laughs> third time, third time lucky. Yeah, um, again, I'm, I've, I've not changed from 10 seconds ago. I'm, I'm still decent. So, yeah, Sunderland have, as I've said there, dispatched Accrington Stanley 3-1 thanks to a lovely goal from Lyndon Gooch. Um, a fairly poor defensive cock-up that let Aidan McGeady slide in and get a second. And finally, we got a third from Mark McNulty after some good build-up play from Conor McLaughlin. So all things considered, it was you know, it, it was a game that I'm sure that we're all pretty satisfied with. It's three points in the bag, three goals scored. Uh, another sloppy goal conceded, but I suppose if you're scoring three and, and tripling that which you concede, it's not the end of the world. So let's just jump straight into the discussion as we don't have the three-word review this week. Let's start with you, Craig. What were your thoughts on the game? Um, overall, I'm very happy with this. We were again quite slow out of the uh, of the blocks, and I think it was literally it was it was just a, a telling sign straight away when Akron were knocking on the door that a goal was coming. Again, silly, sloppy defending. Something hopefully that we will try and fix in the weeks going forward. But again, I thought we showed tremendous character to equalise um, pretty much straight away because you know pretty much where I was standing there was a. A lot of aggravation among supporters, um, so it was important that we got on level terms straight away and just kicking on from there. I think the tempo of the second half was pretty much played like a like a friendly, if you like, or a cup game. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm over the moon. We had the game killed off by half time. Mm-hmm. All the action did really happen in the first half, didn't it? Yeah, all things considered. So I think it's very good to see a Sunderland side just sort of put themselves ahead and then see a game out. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I know there was uh, a couple of comments online and um, and a few things that was going around about people saying perhaps we, you know, we really should have took the game to them more in the second half, which you know is a fair point, especially with, with Peter Briscoe and so many. Um, same with Rotherham, but the way I look at it is, I I personally believe that we reduced the tempo somewhat. We were calm and composed. We, we didn't overdo ourselves, but I believe that's because we had at least 
one eye leaning towards Tuesday, which is a much, much bigger game. Um, so I think it's important that, you know, we certainly retained a professional uh, kind of outlook on the game. Um, and we're, we're seeing it out without really any any difficulty, I thought, in that second half. Hmm. What were your thoughts on the game, Sam? To win any game pretty comfortably 3-1 away from home in the end, you've got to be happy with it. It's a, it's a job well done, really. Um, like Craig said, slightly alarming to concede yet again early on. We, have, we still haven't got a clean sheet, but to get right back into the game like we did two or three minutes later with the goal Gooch scored was exactly how you'd want them to respond. And then we were clinical after that in the first half, taking the chances. And then, like Craig said, I think it would have been nice in the second half to see us go for it and be a bit ruthless. But I think they did have an eye on Tuesday night, which is a big game against Rotherham, and their tails will be up after scoring six or goes on to Tuesday night but no it was it was important to come back well and get a good result after what happened to Peterborough two weeks ago so we got the job done which was the main thing really Yeah I think it's very likely that the Peterborough game being the last fixture we played for a fortnight was probably the, the, the it, you might, it might have been lingering on the players minds and it was certainly you know the last taste left in the fans mouth and it was certainly a bad one so was it good to just quickly dispel that with another comfortable win? Yeah, it was it was all about the result really after Peterborough. I mean, the performance is important, but what happened to Peterborough? It just it was important to bounce back, so we could just put it down to a one-off game rather than it being the start of something. So to do that comfortably yesterday was a job well done. I think Ross and the players will be pleased to be mm-hmm. honest. I suppose as well, even if we were to say uh, a bad game against Peterborough came round every once in a while. I mean, not that I want us to lose three and nil once every five games, but let's say that you were to lose. If we've got a form record every five games of win, lose, win, 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 then I think we're, we're not looking too bad, really, are we? No, exactly. We're going to be there and thereabouts if we're continuing the, where we are. So that's yeah. the main thing, really. Bit of an accidental Steve Bruce moment there, mine. But, uh... I know, I've been listening <laughs> to there much. or thereabouts. Right. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of conceding first, now there were many positives to take away from that game, but one outstanding negative is once again we've conceded an early daft goal, which as you'll remember is an issue that plagued the early stages of last season as well. Now obviously our perceptions as Sunderland fans are going to be coloured and we'll have a, a red and white rose tinted lens, but Richard, obviously if, if you're reporting this game from another point of view, if you are looking at Sunderland from the outset and you're seeing a team that is winning most of its games and winning them with some clinical players but they're considering a daft goal each game how does that bode really for the entirety of the season given what and who Sunderland have? Uh, it's a good question I mean I guess yeah the, the lack of clean sheets is an issue for Sunderland but the way that they've Jack Ross has sort of changed the system since the Accrington game in the Carabao Cup when um, they went to four at the back and w- when you do that you're going to give up more of the midfield battle because you've got less players in the midfield so I think Sunderland kind of accept that the games are going to be more open um, which would benefit Sunderland because they have realistically in this level three or four match winners not mm-hmm. just Aidan McGeady but you know Mark McNutley I like him a lot he's got goals in him Chris Maguire we know um, can be excellent on his day uh, Lyndon Gooch if he can add that consistency he can win games as well hopefully Will Grigg at some point will start firing um, so I think Sunderland accept that you know if they give up a little bit in that midfield then that does mean that the opposition is going to have a bit more of the play that the game is going to be more open but personally I think that suits Sunderland and just to go back to your point on in terms of sort of losing the odd game you're far better if you lose one and then win four or five you're better off far better off doing that than three four draws on the run because you know 17 draws is what cost them automatic promotion last season isn't it so I think Sunderland fans could probably 
just about put up with the odd defeat as long as they're stringing together four or five runs. And I think the way they're playing, um, certainly going to be goals in the game for both sides. Um, but um, but yeah, to be fair to Akron, Akron started well yesterday. I thought Akron really pressed mm-hmm. quite high, very quickly. They were um, very unlucky not to get an equaliser as well. That one they hit, that the, hit the crossbar, didn't they? Yeah, well, and, and they hit it in a very, like, very um, unlucky way, didn't they? It sort yeah. of like, bounced off the floor, then onto the crossbar, if I'm yeah, remembering yeah, yeah. that right. Yeah. And then within a minute or two I think someone went to the other end Dobson got it uh, released Maguire Maguire did really well and they obviously got the second goal or was that the third goal I forget second or third whichever one it was but a um, little bit of luck for Sunderland but as I say I think you've just got to accept that the way Sunderland are going to be playing now there's going to be chances at both ends of the pitch and Jack Ross is banking that he's got enough match winners within his team which he does to win enough games to string together a run that will get them up this season. Mm-hmm. And if you take the point of view as well that stats don't lie, I mean, I saw this, I forget where from, I, I can't give you the source, but I saw it yesterday. In terms of chances taken, Sutherland are the most clinical side in the league, just in, in, just, for, just for sheer conversion. Yeah, I mean, Jack Ross praised them for their sort of clinical and ruthless edge yesterday. Some fans would question how ruthless they were because they could and maybe should have added or should have looked to add a few more in the second half, boost the goal difference, because obviously if they're conceding a lot, um, that's not going to help the goal difference. And as we know, goal difference could be key come the end of the season. But they were clinical, yeah, because to to go behind after five minutes, bit of a nightmare start. Excellent to bounce back within two minutes. Superb finish by Lyndon Gooch. Um, If you haven't seen it, then I would urge you to get on YouTube and and have a look, because that is a stunning finish. Really good play from Denver Hume as well. Quick thinking from the throw-in and then a brilliant cross. And then to be 3-1 up after, what was it, half an hour or so, game was really over at half-time. The next goal would have been key if I would have got and would have been pretty nervy. I know John McLaughlin's got a little bit of stick. Uh, not stick, maybe stick's the wrong word, but a bit of concern at times in the last couple of games. But he made a couple of important saves towards the second half. There was one particular block at the near post, which, you know, if that had gone in, then it would have been a really nervy finish. But um, second half, was it was dull, it was pretty drab. But it was professional, and I don't think you can argue with a 3 1 away win. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, drab second halves feel a lot better when your team's two goals to the good, yeah. which is ultimately what matters. But anyway, let's come back to Lyndon Gooch's goal because we need to give that the airtime it deserves. We'll go back to you, Craig. Let's talk about Lyndon Gooch's goal. Just say however you feel when you, when you think about that. I think from the <laughs> offset, Denver Hume needs a lot of praise for getting the ball into the box. Definitely. I think it was an excellent delivery, but the pace that it was whipped in. You know, you would expect someone like if Charlie White, for example, was playing, if, if that's on target, it's going in pretty much 99 times out of 100. But the thing is, as Richard mentioned, certainly look at it on YouTube, it looked like it was just behind Lyndon Gooch. Yeah, yeah, it was. So the technique that he had to basically swing his body in such a short space of time and to, to score in the, in the manner that he did, it was it was an unbelievable finish. I'm pretty certain it won Sky Sports goal of the day. It did. Yesterday. It did, yes. Had nothing to do with us retweeting the life out of Tom White <laughs> on Sky, who basically insisted that everybody give it a push. No, but it, it was an excellent finish. And I'm, I'm really pleased for Lyndon Gooch because he does come under an awful lot of scrutiny from time. We know he's got quality in abundance. Perhaps there is, you know, large spells of time where he doesn't show what he's quite capable of, but... Look, the start he's had the season, I, I think he's been excellent and I was an excellent finish. Yeah, and I think I was saying earlier as well, um, was it, I was saying it to you, Sam, wasn't I? That if, if we're going to criticise Gooch now, that perhaps he's not having the best games overall, but he's scoring in most games. Yeah. Well, funnily enough, that's the exact same criticism we levelled at Madger as well. I mean, I, I was I was very guilty of that last season. I used to, I used to say at the start of last season, oh, I mean, he's not doing much, but yeah, he is scoring. And I would use that as a, as a means of being dissatisfied with Madger. 
But you know, if if, if we look at the, the the circumstances now, you know, what would you give to have a player like Magic back? Yeah, I mean, we've we've done that one to death, haven't we? Magic got it. Lewis Graben got it the season before. You can go back as far as even the likes of Darren Bent, people like that. You know, the, their job is not so much to get stuck in and you know fight back and and tackle out. I appreciate that that's going to be Lyndon Gooch's job, of course, but. In in terms of what he's doing at the moment, his mm-hmm. pros are outweighing the negatives. Of course, mm-hmm. if he if he's basically if he's scoring goals, you know there there was obviously a lot a lot of goals he needed to replace when you lose the quality of Josh Madger. Even when you've lost Lee Catamol, he produced seven goals last mm-hmm. season. So it's important that you need to try and fill the void and get everybody to chip in. So the fact that he's got three already, it's a, it's a promising start. Yeah. It's just adding that consistency, isn't it, for Lee? Yeah, 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 which he's he's spoken about to be fair to him himself quite a lot, and he. He had a massive dip, didn't he, post-January probably last season. I think he only scored once after Christmas. Yeah, he made loads of assists before that. Yeah, and then, like, yeah. All of his output just dried up from yeah. January onward. Jack Ross has made reference to it. Linda Gucci has made reference to it. And I guess that last season was his first year as a in terms of playing that many games in the first time. I think 47, 45 games, something like that. Um, and Yeah, just basically now adding that consistency over the course of the season. But what's he got? Three in nine, I think, this season? Mm-hmm. If he does it over the course of the season, then you'd be talking, how's your maths? 15 goals? Yeah. Which... For an inside forward, you're laughing. Exactly. You know, yeah, if that, yeah. that's one of your wingers getting 15, yeah. you can only imagine <clears> what your strikes must be doing. But that's probably a good inroad into our next discussion, which is probably not an outstanding negative that's been prevalent across Sunderland's time in League One, but it's something that's really just sort of disappointing to have to go over, and that's, of course, Will Grigg. He had another good chance yesterday and he spurned it in the second half. I mean, Craig, you were saying there that, that we probably should, that a lot of fans wanted, wanted us to go and really see the game out by killing them off and adding to the goal difference. But, well, you would say Greg had a very good chance to do that, to at least make it 4-1. And, you know, I, 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 look, I look at that goal, the one I think McGeady slides it into him. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's running on the way and he's a bit late getting there and it's quite a hard one to reach. But ultimately, I could imagine that if that's Greg at any of his other clubs like Wigan yeah. or wherever that he's he's probably putting that away it was it was a bit of a heavy pass I think it was. in, in def- defence of Greg I mean look, look I think obviously again he comes under a lot of scrutiny he threw himself about I thought quite well yesterday it's not for a for a lack of effort it, it's confidence isn't it and I think when the ball's come to him he's in two minds he's in two minds whether he's going to put it at the keeper's near post and he beat Evtimov, if I'm saying that right, he beat him last season with a pretty much of a similar uh, similar ball to him, and he put it straight through the keeper's legs. So I'm not sure if he's if he's torn between that. But look, the keeper made himself big. You know, he he didn't drop. I, I think it was a good save. I personally think it was a good save. Could he could he have scored from there? Should he have scored from there? Perhaps if he if he's got more confidence. If that comes through to McGeady or Maguire, I'm expecting four one. Well, that's it. And when you yeah. look at a player like Greg now, Griggs. Before Greg came to us, he was heralded as 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 one of the the best ever strikers to play in the third division of English football. So I think if you were assuming that say Chris McGuire's going to put it away, most most people who've watched League One football over the years would put Greg as a better finisher than Chris McGuire. Yeah. So by that logic, you'd probably say that he should really be putting it away. I mean, does it come down to confidence? Does the style of play just not suit him? What do you think, Sam? It's hard to put your finger on it because I've always. I don't know if I still do. I think I still think that Greg is the best finisher at the club. I mean, I don't know about McNulty. I haven't seen too much of him. But in terms of if I've got Charlie White or Will Greg running one-on-one, I'd want Will Greg. But I don't know, you look at things like yesterday and I think McGeady could have made it easier for him with the pass. I still think he's got a score. I mean, I know it's lucky it's not like he's missed the ball or anything, but one of the pros, if there is any, is I know his work rate was called upon at the start of the season. But like you were saying, Craig, he's came on a few times and he's put himself about. And I think 
if he continues to do that, maybe he's a substitute and nicks a goal, then he'll be laughing because... I mean, I, I was at Burnley and it was a great finish at Burnley. Yeah. Oh, just, it was just an instinctive will great goal. Mm-hmm. Takes it one touch, doesn't even look up, just hits the back of the net. And I mean, that's what we're signing him for. So, Do you think he needs to be involved more? You look at the first half and you think mm. that chance which McNulty, it's an open goal. All of the legwork was done for him. Yeah, exactly. Now, if Will Grigg gets that spot to block, he exactly, yeah. might be up and running, who knows? But should he be involved more? Should he be starting? Should, you know, I, I appreciate McNulty's doing very well, but should we be, you know, trying to get Grigg back banging to form? He's our player. It's, it's a big investment. Should he be starting? To be honest, uh, it, it's a. I think I think that's quite a contentious point, really, because I think you could easily make a case for any of our three main front men to start. Obviously, McNulty has just scored. He showed a lot of promise so far. There'll be plenty of fans who look at him thinking, right, here's a new striker who's come. We know with a lot of momentum, a lot of promise, and we probably would like him to see him, you know, getting double figures this season. Yeah. Then there's Charlie Wyke, who was, you know, frequently tried. I think perhaps some of the more sent- sentimental fans among us probably would just want Wyke to really get a good run together. Had the early injury, had a few naff games, but he has shown that he is a very capable striker, perhaps not contributing mainly to finishing, but he's, he's done a lot for the team. And I think, you know, those who, as I say, are a bit more sentimental would probably want to see his work re- rewarded with goals. And then, of course, you've got Grigg, who... You just look at him and you think, you know, you really should have got up and running by now. So perhaps we should be doing more ourselves to ensure that does indeed transpire. It's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. I don't think Sunderland can start him just to try and play him into form. I mean, I personally would stick with the side that mm-hmm. that played yesterday probably. For now, he should have scored that. I mean, looking at it, it looked like it was straight at the keeper. The pass mm-hmm. might have been slightly heavy. Um, it looked a bad miss in real time. And looking back on television, it looked even worse, really. Either side of the keeper and, and that's in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That you, said... You put it down in at the right. <clears throat> I mean, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm saying this as someone who's never played <laughs> professional football. Yeah, no, like, me too. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, that side, I thought his general play was okay. And I thought it has been for a couple of games leading up to that Burnley. I thought he's been okay, actually. And I, I know he won praise from Jack Ross. Um, so I don't think it's an issue with his work rate or his 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 form outside the uh, sorry his work rate for the team and stuff. Um, you just hope that he would kick on after that Burnley goal and mm-hmm. hopefully he still will. But but for me, I'd I'd probably keep him on the bench at the minute. I think I would. I think I, I think I would probably if I was the if I was the gaffer, I'd find it initially a difficult decision. Yeah. But ultimately, I, I would I would stick with what I suppose you would call the winning team and just keep him on the bench. Because Jack Ross is under so much pressure, isn't he? Yeah. He's going to be throughout the whole season. You know, yeah. you can win five, great. You lose one, then the world caves in. He's always one defeat away from that, isn't he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that saw, was the yeah. alarming thing yesterday. Yeah. I think, especially when you go 1-0 down so quickly, it's unbelievable the amount of comments that can get thrown in. Well, he said he wanted so many clean sheets. That's gone again. <laughs> and all of the negatives are just spurned into just just a mass kind of abuse for two minutes. And then bang, we're back on level terms and changes all of a sudden. Yeah, it yeah. is like a big game of hokey-cokey. It's just, you know, yeah. Ross is in, Ross is out. You know, <laughs> we're shaking them all about metaphorically. But, you know, the, the point stands that, yeah, it's it's very, it's a tricky one. And you know what? I was watching, you know, something I never do is watch Sunday Supplement, even even more to the point with Tony Pulis on. I, I, I would never normally... <laughs> I would he nev- stood up? Did he have a Honestly, he was sat down and he had nothing on his head. It was it was bizarre. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that, but I would never normally paraphrase Tony Pulis even and less so do I watch Sunday Supplement. But, you know, point stands, he was saying that he feels that in the modern game of football, that managers just do not have any time. Like, for a manager to get anything underway and to get any system going, they needed, I would, in, in, in his opinion, at least two years, but I would say at least one. 
at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Ross has got one, one season under his belt now. To, to build anything, you need the time to construct an identity. And, you know, I mean, I, I find his accent fairly difficult to discern every now and then, but I'm pretty sure that was what he was getting at. It's a resurrection project, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The way that we fell out of the Premier League without barely an effort, and then it got worse mm-hmm. the following season... We assembled a team of champ. Well, let's be fair; they weren't championship players. It was no. just misfits, wasn't it? Yeah, championship ben- players with an asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> misfits and bench warmers that we assembled <clears throat> together. Who, lo and behold, we fell through another league. So we've replaced all of them. And then again, we've not a high turnover in the summer, but you know, a few faces have gone. Some of the the, the higher earners we've replaced them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, at this stage of the season, I, I think we've made some half decent signings. I think we are where I would certainly expect at this stage of the season. As it's been mentioned, you continue the sort of form. The question was raised last season, wasn't it, in terms of, you know, if we, if we draw so many games, would it be worth losing one? And we're currently in that pattern now, and the same people who raised that last season are now unhappy with that. So what does it take from to basically have those people off his back? Because we're not going to win every game. We're not that good. No, no team in this league is that good. So, I, I, look, I, I don't know. I feel he gets an awful lot of scrutiny and unfair pressure. Um, I, I guess that comes with the territory, but yeah, I, I think he's doing a good job. And it's sorry, I was going to say it's a league, it's a league one team now, isn't it? It is. It's yeah, very they came, much they came down team. last year and they had a sprinkling of players who could or should be playing at high mm-hmm. level, but now we've got an eleven that is of this standard. So with that, you're going to get inconsistency. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd be playing in the Premier League. I mean, personally, I thought George Dobson was very good yesterday. But you look where he's come from. He's come yeah. from a team who literally fell out of this league again. Yeah. So he was signed from a League Two club. Exactly that. So the reality is, I mean, we are pooling together a, a, a lot of players now there a, a lot of the young lads who come through uh, the likes of your Denver Humes and it, it is going to take a while it, it is it, it's 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 not an easy fix it's not an overnight case I know obviously if we'll mention if rather than it has about the takeover if the takeover goes through you know we're not just going to throw tens of millions of pounds to fix this and we wouldn't want to do that anyway because we'll just fall back into the same mess that we did the last time you, we've, we've got to have our thinking heads on here and this is going to take a little while to resolve itself. Absolutely, I think we, we we said it on the pod with with Brady last week that the issue that that Sunderland and other clubs as well that that let's say hypothetically encounter a lot of good fortune is that you you run the risk of just sort of we're sort of without a short just buying players in, getting managers, allowing them to make the wrong choices by just sort of haphazardly spending money. And what you end up with is what we knew last season is the culmination of a, a, a decade of financial mismanagement. You get each manager trying to construct a broken identity with a very small time frame. And then when it doesn't work, that gets shattered and rebuilt as something else. But each shattering and rebuilding is the rebuilding of something that's not quite an identity and sort of merely imitates one. No wonder when you when you put it in, in that kind of context that we fell through the leagues as we did. Because we're just we're constantly rebuilding each time, we're leaving ourselves with less resources. Suddenly there we are in League One. So I think that that comes back to the point about giving the managers more time. Ultimately, I look at Ross's record. I was, you, you know, you know, when you look at that little graphic on on Google about with League One, you can see the form next to the thing with the little like red and green dots. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was looking at that this morning, and I find it quite baffling when you see the four wins and a loss, and you think that's that's the record of a of, of a manager whose job is allegedly under some dispute. I don't see it. I mean, you know, yes, no. you're not. Gonna, you know, I mean, okay, we're not blowing away teams week in week out. We're having weeks where we outclass some teams, where we edge some, and then you get the odd draw and the odd loss. But ultimately, if we have 30 minutes where we're clinical, followed by 60 minutes where we're, you know, decent to average by our standards, 
That's all right, surely. If you look at this recent form, though, one of the criticism that often gets levelled at Jack Ross is he's stubborn, he's unwilling to change, he's dour, he's boring, this, that and the other. The change of form coincides with him actually going out of his comfort zone and adapting into this, again, okay, it's a pretty, you know, four four two. It's normal, isn't it? It's a yeah. default system. But not many teams play that. Now, we've set up at the beginning of the season to play one particular way. He's identified that it hasn't worked and he's reverted to type and bang, we're in form now. Mm-hmm. We've lost one game. Okay, yeah, it was a bad one. The re- reality of that game was, you know, we were in it until that free kick. But he's doing a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hoping... You know, given the fact that we've sort of resumed beating the the, the poorer teams of the league comfortably, mm-hmm. all things considered, I, I'm going to assume that that game was a bad day at the office and not some indication of anything horrendous because we, we were in the game at Peterborough until that free kick. And, you know, yeah, we, we, we did crumble, but we crumbled in a very sort of frustrating way that's it's not, a, you know, like a common feature of, of this Sunderland team. It was a regular, it was a staple of the, of the teams from seasons before, but... You know, this is a team with a much more substantial character, so we don't see that as much with them. But anyway, what I think will be a good time to move on to, we put on Twitter yesterday, or rather Craig did, as we're back in the studio today, we asked for any points or questions that you'd like to discuss. So I figured while Grig was the most recent topic that was relevant to this particular game, um, Jay Hart says, Will Grig, do we cut our losses and sell him or persevere? So we'll go back to you for this one, Richard. Now, again, if you're from the outside looking in to the Sunderland sort of fan social sphere, what do you think was the most rational course of action? I would certainly persevere. Um, I mean, for a start, there's no way. I don't think you'd get your money back. I don't think many clubs would spend yeah. three million on Will Grigg. I think when he signed, he even joked himself, didn't he, that blimey, they played how much for me? He might not have said blimey. Look, I mean, Will Griggs got an excellent pedigree, so there's no doubt that he can score goals at this level. Hasn't worked out for him so far. Uh, I think there's been signs this season that he hopefully may have turned a corner, and certainly in terms of his performances, as I say, I think, you know, to be fair to him, at the minute he's having to scratch around for 10, 15, 20 minutes here and there. Um, Yeah, I've already made the point that I wouldn't necessarily start with him at the minute, and I would stand by that. Um, I certainly think he can score goals in this team. I mean, the way they're playing in an open 4-4-2, then... To create chances so if he was to start a game then you know you would you would you would bet at some point he would he would get a goal scoring run and he's quite a useful weapon hopefully to have coming off the bench that said it's got it's got to come from him as well you know what I mean he should be scoring chances like that yesterday mm-hmm. um so yeah I would certainly persevere I wouldn't sell him uh, I mean if don't get us wrong if somebody came in with a three million pound offer then the club might consider it but I would highly doubt that at the minute yeah. or in January I think even if he is still to come off the bench for, say, 20 to 30 minutes every yeah. game, a player like Will Grigg should still see, and especially in games where we're, where we're you know, comfortably better than our opposition in terms of just, you know, baseline quality, we should yeah. be, you know, he, he should be getting at least one, for him, clear-cut chance a game, which he did against Accrington, I yeah. think, as, as me and you definitely agreed on at the very least, which, you know, I, I, I do feel like he spurned, I feel, yeah. that it could have been put somewhere better than Evertimov. I know, as you said as well, Craig, that you know he's probably thinking that. I mean, well, I know I'm not. I can't go inside the the, the bloke's mind, but he put a similar ball between Evtimov's legs last season, and perhaps went for the same option again. It just looks rusty, though, doesn't he? It does I mean, look rusty. It, yeah. He does, but that should hopefully sort itself out with game time. Tuesday is a is a massive game for us. So, in terms of the argument, should he start? Shouldn't he? He won't. You look at the game next week, and you think. Realistically, there is a lot of teams putting fours, five, six past Bolton. Mm-hmm. So if that's a game where you want to strike it to get bang smack in form, maybe go two or three nil up, 
getting ahead of myself. Non Sunderland will get beat one 0 <laughs> But let's you know maybe try and get something in the foundations down there. But look, we're not going to get our money back. It's it's an enormous fee mm-hmm. if somebody offered us our money back. Then yeah, I assume if, everybody yeah, would take if, it. If, you know, if if someone gave me now three million for him back, I would take it purely because I think we overspend. You yeah. know, quite yeah. uh, quite substantially, yeah. we overspend. But you know, I feel like you live and you learn. If if we're going by bad financial decisions, that for me is the the biggest sore thumb. I, I feel like on the whole, we've been pretty sound with managing of transfer mm-hmm. funds. We've been quite savvy in places. I think that's the only example of maybe burning a large amount of money. But if if it's if it's one rather than seventy five percent of your signings, as it's as it's often been, then I, I don't have too many qualms. But obviously, uh, the, the whole the whole thing feels like a a, a cock up for me. You're going to get injuries and suspensions, aren't you? So mm-hmm. at some point, he will get a chance to start. It, as I said, it's going to be down to him to take it because obviously Charlie Wake's back for Tuesday, isn't he? Just the one game mm-hmm. suspension, so a bit more competition for for Greg there, but. Yeah. Um, I think what will prove an interesting point in respect of this deal, because we can all certainly agree that it was extortionate, what we eventually paid, we went back with deal after deal, is watching that unfold on the documentary, because Stuart routinely mentions when he comes on this pod, you know, make sure that you watch when season two comes out about the January transfer deadline day. So it'll be interesting to see how that materialised, where they sat panicking, you know, were they determined to ensure that basically they finished the deal with him, or, or or what's happened because you know someone has basically signed off on this and I think they all said Jack Ross had gone home he was happy with with Kaz Sterling wasn't he through the door so I think this one again it's a criticism that often gets thrown at Ross for spending that money but mm-hmm. you know I, I think this was the chairman's deal and I think either way you look at it there I mean on on the one hand at the time I thought it was a very sensible well yeah it was a, it was a very sensible and very noble cause to chase Greg and get him over the line because when you look at it from the outset, if Ross is thinking, right, I've signed a 17-year-old on loan who's played, what, 11 minutes of professional football there yeah. and then? You know, that's not great. That would have been very underwhelming, wouldn't very, it? Yes. It wouldn't have gone down if, well. If, he, no. if he's satisfied with that as yeah. transfer business, then I have to wonder how much of this footballer have you seen, given how little time he's played at a professional level? Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking 11 minutes here. <laughs> I, I mean... I don't know. At the time, Greg seemed like I, I seemed like a coup. At the time, I thought it was, I thought great. You know, me. this is really good ambition. You know, like I'm really happy that Donald and Methvin and Cove chased. Oh, I chased mean, I was Greg pleased down. when David Moyes was appointed. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? So was I. I remember thinking, I'm so glad we've acted swiftly to get someone as good as Sam Allardyce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we are now in League One. Jeez. So yeah, thanks, 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 Davy. Uh, thanks for everything. Anyway, yeah. So I suppose to maybe just summarise an answer for, for Jay, if I was to answer this myself, I would say um, persevere for now but two or three more Accrington-esque misses when he gets a chance. And then I'm going to say I would, I would try and cut my losses if I could by January, but only time will tell and, you know, whatever transpires next is anyone's guess. Just keep supporting him. I was pleased yesterday there yeah. when he came on. There has been a few occasions where there's been, you know, a few kind of laughs and murmurs and things like that, but I thought the support yesterday was was largely excellent. Um, mm-hmm. There was nobody criticising him, certainly around where I was sat when, when his chance came straight off the keeper but look you know just just make sure that we stay behind him if we get on his back then it, it's just going to go sour very yeah, very quickly from he's going to hide and mm-hmm. I think he is that type of player um, where he really needs you know someone to hold his hand um, without you know you know, kind of being nasty to him or anything like that but you've seen when we've won a game mm-hmm. and he hasn't really contributed massively he's one of the first off the pitch um, which is a shame. Sometimes he does not look part of the team. So no. I think it's important that we make sure that at least for the foreseeable, any sort of criticisms that we have, just 
to try and keep at it mm. and try and keep keep behind him. The fans yeah. got right behind White, didn't they? Yes, and, and that's and it what changed. that's what changed. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. missing sitter after sitter, and then yeah. suddenly we started singing Charlie Charlie White, and mm-hmm. he just got progressively better. And I mean, mm-hmm. it shows you it can yeah. work. I, I think I think as a fan base on a whole, I think we did very very well there. We, we turned yeah. Charlie White round. I firmly believe mm-hmm. that. Yeah, we we didn't let him just sort of like out the door no. his way into a into a poor tenure. Could have very easily happened with his injuries mm-hmm. and his misses. Absolutely, could have it could happened. have, yeah, but thankfully that that didn't that wasn't the case. Anyway, we, our next question is uh, relevant to another attacking player, one that we've not covered yet, uh, from Jay Collinson, which is: Is it time to finally cut our losses with Watmore and release him? I'm going to go straight back to you, Sam. I think I think it is, yeah. Personally, I mean, I know that that does sound harsh. It's 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 not his fault. I mean, I like Watmore. He seems like it. I know he's a very intelligent lad, and I know he's stuck with Sutherland, and it's it's unfortunate what's happened to him. But I just think. The weight is he's on, and I mean, it's just every week now. It's sort of oh, he's out for another three weeks, and I'm thinking he hasn't been here. He's, he's been out three weeks before that. What's happened? And I just think it's it's got the point where it, it is time to cut the losses because even even when he's in the team, I do like him. And I, I get that he offers something different, but I don't see him adding too too much. I mean, he he wouldn't get in my starting eleven if everyone's fit. I don't know if he even really challenges that much for the starting eleven. But I do feel sorry for Watmore, and I do like him. Yeah, I think it's a tenure that's been <clears throat> marred by yeah. a, very, a very unfortunately poor injury record. I mean, th- this is the same Duncan Watmore, remember, who looked absolutely class when beat Norwich 3-0 to essentially stay up with, with Allardyce back at the helm. And we'll get on to him in a bit, actually, because there were a few more questions pertaining to him in a recent article that got out. But for now, we'll stay on Watmore. It, you know, you look back to then and I think, right, this is a lad who could definitely make it for a Premier League Sunderland. And you have to, and, and that now we're looking at a League One team that he can't get into, yeah. and I put that mainly down to a lot of momentum lost to injury, and obviously his main outlet was pace, and given the leg injuries he's had to suffer, then likely that's that's his wings clipped for me, and it, it's a it's a very sort of it's it's almost if you want to be romantic, quite a tragic thing to see really, but uh, I just I just think it's not going to work. From I don't know what 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 do you think, Rick? Nail on the head. To be honest, I think it is. It's very kind of sad to see any particular player go through that it's a short career and the reality is he's what 25 now mm-hmm. and he's had no career has he not really he's only had a handful of you know kind of games here and there for us um, when he came back in the championship everybody had heralded him as basically the rescue act if you like I remember when he came on against Preston he got absolutely clattered by the goalkeeper down mm-hmm. there and everyone was panicked and was concerned thinking Christ he's going to be out injured and then lo and behold when he's had his long injury again and then he comes back and you think, right, has he lost his key attribute, which, as you mentioned, was, it was pace. He looked okay in pre-season, nothing too spectacular, but it's now these small injuries mounting up and it's so much time lost. Mm-hmm. Nick Barnes, I overheard um, the podcast with BBC quite recently, and a good point that he mentioned was, look, if this is three weeks, we're already in the middle of September. So that's three weeks before he can come back and be in contention. He then needs to get match fitness, which he's had nothing of. We're already looking at Christmas. Yeah. And that's pretty much half of your season gone. He's in the last year of his deal. Would I cut ties? Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. The reality is, I think, he is a clever lad. And I, I certainly wouldn't hold it against him in any you know any way. But I don't personally think he would you know, kind of leave right now, effective immediate, without a payoff. And look, he's contracted, so he's right to do so. But I, I don't think he has a future in football after the, after this season. I don't. I don't think anybody will take a chance. And if they do, it'll be on a very, very small amount of money. 
is it sustainable for us to continue paying a reported £20,000 there or thereabouts for a person who's not going to kick a ball? Not at all. I mean, if we if we manage to, say, get him off the books in the summer, then there's a possibility that you keep hold of another one of the players. I, I stand more of a chance to invest that money elsewhere. But no, I, look, I, I don't think he has any future here. And I think it'll be a sad, sad way to go out for a Sunderland career. But I think he'll feature barely minimal between now and the end of the season. And I expect him to be the first name on the release list at the end of the season. Yeah, I think that couldn't be more of a likely... That's probably, that, that has to be the likeliest prediction of how what more sort of Sunderland career will likely end yeah I mean he's, look he's, he seems a nice lad and you know he's, he's a very very intelligent kid and he, and as you've seen you know he comes from a, a really good family his dad uh, Ian is, is often speaking to us and providing us with continuous updates about how he's going um, some of the comments perhaps recently has been somewhat unfair and you see things online about saying, you know, should he just literally go and quit because he's not contributing? The reality is he's got a contract, he's got an employment contract mm-hmm. and we we have to make sure that if there was to be any sort of behaviour like that, that we have to follow the appropriate yeah. channels because, look, the last thing we want is any sort of lawsuits and things like I that mean, again. I mean, Christ, the Alvarez um, fiasco has been yeah. tracked out over about five years now. Don't. So uh, for me personally, like I said, look, I, I'd like to see him, you know, back banging form, but I, I think too much time has gone by and, who knows? I mean, mm-hmm. David Mailer cut his career short the other the other day, retiring yeah. at the age of thirty, and he had similar injuries, and he was out for long, sustained periods. But afterwards, he he played quite regular for teams. Duncan Watmore hasn't had any of this at all. He, he's barely played any football, and he's twenty five. Mm-hmm. The sad fact is that we can't afford to accommodate him in the hopes that he might get Mentum. Not a you chance. Know, what yeah. you know, like it, it comes back to the old saying that sadly, I mean, normally it's said in quite a more negative light than this, but no player is bigger than the team. And we can't afford to accommodate what more who's on a 20k week contract in the hopes that he might rekindle his career. If we could, I would love us to. But the fact of the matter is that we, like many, many, many other teams, just cannot do that. So, yeah, um, it, that's, a, that's a yes for me as well to, to the W release. And we'll go to you, Richard, as a, I suppose, as a, as a final verdict on this panel. It's um, You talk about Will Grigg and fans being desperate to see him do well for Sunderland. And I think Duncan Watmore would certainly fall into that category. The reality is, as you've kind of outlined, he's he's never really strung together a, a run of games for the club since breaking through as a result of the two really serious injuries. You know, I mean, he's a top professional and he's a really nice lad, so you're not going to ever get any issues from Duncan Watmore and he will give us all for the club. That said, I'd be amazed if he got a new contract next summer. Um, I'm pretty sure he'll see the season out with Sunderland. Um, he could be a really useful weapon, weapon for Sunderland, um, kind of off the bench in sort of key tight games. But as you said, it's these niggly little injuries that he's now picking up. Um, two weeks here, three weeks there. Um, hugely frustrating for him. Hugely frustrating for Jack Ross. And Jack Ross has also touched upon the, and not just the physical, but the, the mental side of things. Mm-hmm. Like you said on more than one occasion, you know, it's also just getting Duncan uh, mentally right. Um, <clears throat> given the amount of injury problems he's had, it's always going to be playing on his mind every every mm-hmm. training session he plays, presumably. Um, he seems a strong-willed kind of guy. But in answer to your question, uh, yeah, I suspect this will be his last uh, for Sunderland. I'd be amazed if he got a new contract. I think he'll. I think the club will stick with him for the duration of the season. Um, I think he probably would get another club somewhere. I think somebody will take a chance on him, and it may well be that a clean break from Sunderland would do him good as well. You know, I mean, looking back, he his time would be associated with injury, wouldn't it? Obviously, with Sunderland, so you never know. A fresh start somewhere, he might be able to string together runner games, and then. Your, your body and your, mm-hmm. your your physical and mental health would 
what's kind of built from there. And he he might go on to still have a half decent career, but mm. um, yeah, it's just a crying shame the amount of injuries he's picked up. And as you say, Sunderland are now in a financial position where they cannot carry players of of that wage anymore at this level. Um, and ultimately, that's probably what it's going to come down to. I'd like to think that maybe if the wind blew the right way for him once he left Sutherland, as we imagine will be the case, that say he gets a, a better sort of string of luck with injuries, let's say he stays sort of fresh from anything severe for the next couple of years. I would I would love that to be the case. I think if we're going to marry up optimism and realism, I would like him to to, to leave here and then to to re- possibly rebuild with the club, maybe lower down and maybe work his way back up. You never know. I mean, we've seen Johnny Williams do it now. Yeah. this is not I, a, I never imagined that would happen. It's not a case of the Jack Rodwells, is it? I mean, this no. is a lad who is desperate to succeed. Yes. And he's not one of those, you know, every single Saturday who could be sat at home. You see that an awful lot when players aren't involved. They'll not be at the stadium. They might not travel to away games. You know, he's in the fan zone. He's doing all the ambassadorial jobs that you'd expect. He's, he's taking pictures with kids. You know, he's he's meeting families. He's he does all the right things, which again is is that tragic shame. So touching on what Richard said, yeah, look, it would be absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic to see him say have that clean slate, go to a team further down, whether it's in League Two or anyone like that. Mm-hmm. You know, teams like Salford who are new money, if you like, yeah. um, could potentially look to take a punt on him, and it, and it would be really good. Mm-hmm. It'd be refreshing to see, and I don't think anybody would hold any disdain or grudges towards him, but we can only hope and pray between now and the end of the season that he does come back in some sort of fighting form and and hopefully at least you know leaves it a decent mark on a Sunderland legacy because at the moment he he's just renowned isn't he as look he was that player who's never fit and mm-hmm. we've done it to death but yeah look let, let's just hope we can get something between now and May from him that Wickham game kind of just summed up his <clears throat> Sunderland career didn't it I mean it was a uh, brilliant finish you know showed a lot of uh, bravery, I guess, to get there, and it, and it was a brilliant equaliser. And then within what five ten minutes or so, he was down injured again, and then mm-hmm. out for another, out for another spell. Uh, so he was he was up against the worst team in the league for um, uh, getting a potential injury because yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I mean obviously no Wainsworth's team are doing a lot better this season, but yeah. you know they were just they just thugs. They knew what oh, they were, they were, doing. They were, they they were they absolute were thugs last yeah. season. You know, you just normally I, I make an allowance that teams will often try more unconventional tactics. To get through a game, but you know, you 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 draw a line somewhere, and I, I drew it there. In you know, I, I drew that across the ground of Adams Park, <laughs> metaphorically speaking, when I saw them. But anyhow, the, the bottom line is, is that we, you know, we, we all know what more cares about the club. We all know that he's a great ambassador for the club, and you know, wherever he may be, likely not here. I just, you know, well, we always want the lad to do well. Bottom line, but anyhow, moving on. He'll, he'll probably score against Sunderland if he. Oh yeah, he absolutely will. Massive game as well. Yeah. He, he wouldn't celebrate though. He wouldn't. Wembley or something. Playoff yeah. final. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be the League One playoff final yeah. in 2022. It'll oh, be great. Geez. We'll be up against. Um, see, throws near Matt Map of UK Grimsby, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he scores and we win, they win two one. Something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Let's move on to. We've got. We've got probably time for one more question pertaining to a particular player from the list of Q and A's that you guys asked us for. And that is from Gav. Are any of the panel concerned by John McLaughlin's form? He's been suspect on a number of occasions regarding goals conceded and hasn't kept a clean sheet yet this season. Or has he got enough change in the bank to spare himself slash allow him to regain form? What do we think of that? Uh, We'll go back to you, Craig. He's been suspect for a couple of the goals. Ipswich one maybe should have done better. I'm not sure if they, the issue of the contract hanging over his head at the moment. There's maybe a little bit of uncertainty about his future here. Because again, he is 
into the final stages now of his um, of his contract coming up at the end of the end of the season. But again, I think the pros certainly outweigh the negatives. I think, although yesterday, yeah, okay, conceded. Um, I don't think he really could have done too much with the goal. It, it literally happened that quick. But, you know, I, I think when he was called into action, although not a great deal, he'd done exactly what was required of him. He made a, a pretty decent save in the second half. And there's a lot of other incidents throughout the course of the season so far that I, I can think of um, that he has made crucial saves. But again, I think that comes with the territory at the moment. He's a League One goalkeeper. He's a, he's a very good League One goalkeeper, but, you know, you're always prone to errors. He's prone to mistakes. But look, if he continues and maybe makes a few clangers, we've got somebody who's good prepared to push him in Lee Burge. And I think he's done pretty okay so far in the Cup games. But I'm not concerned. No, not at the moment. I think especially from what we've seen of him last season with those capabilities um, hopefully we can get this contract situation sorted as soon as possible but in terms of where we are now we're more open so we're more vulnerable at the back and look you're only as good as the defence in front of you really and they've been pretty suspected times too this season mm-hmm. so no I'm not concerned When I look at McLaughlin's season so far I see a season that's definitely not as good as last season Not so say. far No, no not, not so far you know of course but you have to remember in the game against Rochdale, you know, against a team that we were quite neck and neck with. Really, when you, when we got to the, the latter ten minutes of that game, he made some absolutely crucial saves to keep us in it. And ultimately, a goalkeeper is a member of your team, just as a striker, a defender, or a midfielder is. And as such, they are expected to, at, at some point, potentially win you the game. I would argue that he did in that game. Yeah. I would argue that he, he, his contributions were of the most significant. And he'll do that again this season, should, yeah. should he stay in net. But let's say, for example, Sam, that Ross uh, just drops McLaughlin straight up for the next game and he sticks Burge in goal. How OK with that are you? How OK are you with Lee Burge potentially taking over if he was to? I think I'd be comfortable with Burge because I was at Burnley and he, he, made, a, he made a few good saves at Burnley and I think he, he really made a claim for himself to be a solid set and choice keeper if called upon. I don't think I don't think McLaughlin should be dropped at all. I think it would be a, a weird statement to make by Ross, to be honest. Um, awful yeah. adverse reaction I yeah, think, on him, wouldn't it? Yeah. Would, but just hypothetically speaking, of course, I mean I don't think Ross would ever drop him going no. into the Rotherham game, nor do I think it's the right thing to do by any means. But given that McLaughlin hasn't really done anything, you know, horrendous to justify that. But well, it, it's, it's, it's mainly just how do you feel about Lee Burge, really? I was going to say, in respect of that, maybe rephrasing it and say how comfortable would you have been to play, say, the Burton game last week, mm-hmm. for example, with Lee Burge? Because last season, I think we should have. Yeah. We called off so many games, and that really crept back in. And <clears throat> the reality is, look, we, I think Conor McLaughlin was also called up last mm-hmm. week. Flanagan as well. They barely feature. So if you look at yesterday's team, how, comf- how confident and comfortable would you be with basically Lee Burge in that goal? is maybe as a one-off and play through the international breaks because I, mm-hmm. I think we'd do okay. I, I think, think it would have been good for him as well to be able to come in because McLaughlin's on international duty, Burge to come in and just put in a good performance. Mm-hmm. I think it would have been just the best for everyone, to be honest, because I mean, Flanagan and McLaughlin wouldn't have been missed if Hume was fit because you would have had Hume yeah. in 09 and mm-hmm. Willis and Ozturk. So it would have only been Burge coming in for McLaughlin, which I think... Would have would have been fine by me to be mm-hmm. honest. I, I I I would quite like to see Burge in the league. To be honest, I know obviously I I wouldn't want that at the expense of McLaughlin. But if we were to have that scenario that you just let's say pause there, I think I think that would have worked pretty well. I, yeah. I would have liked us to have gone straight back into a game rather than have the fortnight of of having a, a three 0 loss lingering on on the players' minds and leaving a bad taste in our mouths. But 
when I've seen Burge play, I've seen nothing wrong at all. And I've only really got good things to report. You know, he played in the 3-1 win against Burnley. You know, he's, he's featured in the, the biggest ever win League One Sunderland has seen in terms of the prestige of yeah. the opponent, which is nice. I've not got anything, you know, I've never looked at him and thought, you know, this guy is 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 a lot worse than McLaughlin. I've, I've, I've had nothing like that. I know the Coventry fans don't rate him that highly, but then again, the, the, the Bury fans didn't rate Chris Maguire that highly. So you, you can never take an opponent's <clears throat> testimony to be, you know, the absolute word of law for the player. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not particularly worried. That, you know, it, let's say McLaughlin does have a few bad games. He does drop some clangers. Knowing that we've got a player like Burge to go into, I wouldn't be that worried, even in the worst case scenario. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of all right with that. I think Burton had the international call ups as well. Didn't yeah, they so. had three as well. Yeah, so it would have been. It was always anyway. getting called yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. 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 but yeah. I think Jack Ross has made the point a couple of times that he doesn't want to call games off if he can help it because um, you'd far rather try and have points on the board rather than like last season we saw they were chasing the tail weren't they for the last I think we've got another one in October is that right? Another international Yeah, break? October and November yeah. and we've already so, got seven games I think scheduled in November so yeah. so potentially you could have yeah. October and November with yeah. a break so hopefully that, that wouldn't happen um, I'd be amazed if you dropped John McLaughlin personally yeah there's been issues over potentially a couple of the goals contract thing is an issue of course it is um, he spoke quite openly didn't he about it about two or three weeks back, when he said that he basically hadn't received an offer yet from the from the club, so you can't sign what isn't there. Um, there's obviously more pressing matters with the takeover, etc. And I think the transfer window was obviously sloping at the time as well. So tying him down for me to a contract new deal is absolutely key. I'd be amazed if you dropped him. Ross is obviously a huge fan. I mean, a month or so back, he was calling him the best goalkeeper in the League One, wasn't he? Um, and with regards to Lee Burge, he looks a pretty pretty solid signing. I haven't seen too much of him myself. He'll certainly play the leasing.com games, won't he? <laughs> and he would, you would think he would be a, a fine choice yeah. um, if there are international yeah. call-ups for McLaughlin. I wouldn't have any issue with him playing the odd game, but yeah, for me, I would certainly stick mm-hmm. with, with Big John for now. Mm-hmm. This is an entirely separate point, but um, you, naming the, the leasing.com their trophy, Richard, you've, you've brought up in my mind, and now I've got to say it, otherwise it's going to sit on my mind for the rest of the podcast. But, you know, the name Checker Trade Trophy, because it had that, like, continent and that alliteration, it didn't sound very tin pot. I don't know if that's just me, but, like, it, it sounded like a very dignified trophy. Like, just, just by name, obviously, the whole youth teams thing totally, you know, yeah. renders it a joke, in my opinion. But Checker Trade Trophy sounds quite good. Rolls off the tongue, Leasing.com Trophy sounds like... Like it's not it's not tin pot. It just like, sounds like an internal insurance yeah, five yeah. competition. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what it is. I will try and get out of it as quickly as possible. Yeah, Shall we call it the EFL trophy for future sake? But yeah, we should <laughs> yeah, definitely get yeah. out of it as soon as we can. Play a stronger team as you have to, but if if they're out after mm-hmm. three games, then who cares? Yeah. Who cares? Hey, well, getting up to the priority. Yeah. Wembley was nice. Um, yeah, but. But yeah, you, you've lost at Wembley in a crap trophy, though. Like, if, if, I mean, you know, yeah. at least losing, at least losing in a playoff final is a playoff final. We you don't know, want to, we don't want to go to Wembley. I, I don't, I don't want to go nah. back for at least another yeah. ever, ever, <laughs> cup, like a decent ever. cup final anyway. Champions League yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah that would be nice. Put me back in for you know for for uh, for, the, for the the league cup or for the FA Cup, you know, <laughs> like what, a concert or something. Yeah, or a, or a concert. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Yeah, like, can I can I go and see take that? Not really. Your no. choice. Yeah. No judgment. Yeah, I'll take my mum. We'll go see take that. Rather that than watch Sunderland lose again. Weird little um, uh, sort of segue, but I just had to say it because leasing.com trophy sounds like... what What's like a more feeble metal than tin? I think tin you just wanted to talk about take that. Maybe I did. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was maybe this was an elaborate way of making a nice segue, wasn't it? Take that, yeah. Well, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, there End we of go. the day. 
No judgment. All right, it's actually just a really clever masquerade for my love for the Lighthouse family, but by putting on a take that, it takes it away from that. <laughs> oh, Ooh, that was like a little... Next point. Yeah, next point. Anyway, the pros and cons feature. Um, that was something else that we have run that is different from the quick question and three-word review. So as I said earlier, I asked... Well, I, again, I'm taking the credit. Was, that was you, wasn't it? No. No? Gav. Okay, well, I think it was Gav, but, you know, Gav's not here, so we're going to take the credit. I did it. Yeah, Craig did it, and Craig and not Gav. Craig did it, and it basically... Gav slash Craig put on Twitter for the pros and cons and asked us to give us three of each from the aforementioned game, the Acronym game. So let's have a little look at those. We'll read out a few and then we'll discuss. We'll see what we agree with. We'll see what we disagree with. So first of all, Kingy78 says the pros were Hume looks settled. Uh, Dobson runs without dragging a tugboat about like power and lead better. <laughs> um, it was a comfortable away win. And the cons were yet another game without a clean sheet. Final ball poor, especially second half. Should have scored more. And sat deep as always, a second half, letting them cause problems. So we'll go to you, Sam. What do you think? How in agreement are you with those pros and cons? I agree with Hume. It, it is nice to see Hume settling. And he looked, he looks a bit confident, to be honest, going forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was... That, that, that cross was a killer. Oh, was, for, that's um, what you want uh, from... Yeah. In that position, you just want to fight it in, don't you? None of this hanging the ball up in the air because league mm-hmm. one defenders, that's meat and drink for them, but... No, it was hard for Hume at the start of the season. It was hard to see a bit. It, was, it wasn't nice fans turning. I mean, he'd only played, what, 10 or 12 games before that. But it's nice to see him settle. So I, I agree with that. Um, positive. What was the other positives? The others were um, Dobson runs without dragon tugboat, like power and Leadbetter. I, I would agree. I think, I'd think agree for Leadbetter, but I think power's a bit more mobile. I think it was nice to see Ross change it up because he's went with either the pairing of power and Leadbetter or Dobson and McGeoch. And people have been crying out for one of the more slower experienced players to play with Dobson so you've got Ledbetter who people want him to just do the basics calm everything down and then you've got Dobson with the energy and I think it worked to be honest he's never had a bad game when I've seen him Dobson I mean he, he provides the energy which is great which is what people were shouting for last season with 0-9 in the middle so Dobson's got that covered I would like to see McGeoch play but no I, I'd agree with that I'd mm-hmm. agree yeah what about you Craig? the Dobson point is, is certainly bang on yeah um especially for the way that the, the third goal came about yesterday. Really, really good interception. Um, he's just always got his head up, hasn't he? And I know we haven't seen an awful lot of him so far, but from what we have seen, it's been largely positive. He hasn't looked out of his depth. Bear in mind, he's come from a team who's, again, just got relegated. But yeah, he, I think he had something different. And in respect of obviously, say, Ledbetter, one of the points that often gets put forward is, look, you know, he, he can't play away from home, we should never have him involved in away games, things like that. Um, whether you agree or disagree is, uh, is another matter. But it was it was decent to see yesterday that if you have someone like George Dobson involved, he's, he's going to be doing the like work for someone like Ledbetter or whether it's power mm-hmm. and they can sit back and maybe mop up and you know spray these Hollywood balls around. But yeah, I, I thought he was really good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see going forward now for, for at least the, the next few games, especially with everybody fit. I agree uh, with Sam. I like Dylan McGeoch. I really like Dylan McGeoch. Now, the unfortunate thing with him is obviously he never ever seems to get the cut of the green. So it'd be good to see him get a, a run alongside uh, George Dobson because uh, I feel like McGeoch is, you know, the, he's the younger lead bitter, mm-hmm. if you like. He's the younger well, lead he, he, he was signed to be the younger Catamol, but uh, somehow, but, you know, like almost uh, uh, counterintuitively, 
now that Leadbitter is the new Catamol, he isn't the new Leadbitter anymore yeah. when he was meant to be the new Catamol in the first yeah. place. But it'd, it'd be nice to see them involved together at some stage. And I think they will. They'll definitely get the chance. Look, we've we've easily got another 50 games left over the course of cup competitions and and who knows what else. But um, yeah, Our magical John in the Leasing.com trophy, oh, of course. God. But um, but yeah, I thought George Dobson yesterday, I thought he'd he done really well. Um and again, it's going to be difficult for maybe Max Power to try and get back in for Tuesday night. Whether Jack Ross has got the confidence in him now against Rotherham, who is going to be a much tougher test, um, whether he'll he'll still give that license to Dobson to say, look, you know, go prove what you can do. It'll it'll be interesting. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, pretty much agree with with the pros. Uh, mm-hmm. Then for Hume in particular, again, yeah, he was wrote off, wasn't he? We discussed that on the first pod. Mm-hmm. He, he got boos. He got jeers. There was a lot of comments online. Um, he again, he's just a young lad. He's barely played any football, but look, lo and behold, he's he's now settled. He's not playing in a formation that mm-hmm. n- where nobody really knew what they were doing, if you like. Um, but yeah, he's calm, he's composed, superb delivery for that first goal. And oh. the longer he gets in that team, you know, this new fella, the Bach, he, he may prove adequate cover, but that position's Denver Humes. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's his to defend as it stands, yeah. that, that cross being the, the perfect sort of justification for it. And I think, as was said there, we're coming back to that. You know, I, I, playing those long balls over the top. It, it is. It is. The, I don't remember whether it was you or Sam who said it, but Sam, yeah, so, um, like that is that is the meat and drink of the average. You know, oh, when you clip big, it up in the yeah. air, they're just going to header yeah. it away for fun, aren't they? Mm-hmm. The average big no-nonsense lump playing centre back yeah. for insert League One club's name here. <laughs> that, that that's just what they do. And I think as well, we, we need to kind of well, we just need to keep it basic with stuff like that but also just with a bit more directness just bombing down to the byline and then sort of like drilling in something like that only for a player like Lyndon Gooch to just sort of like use its momentum to, to swing it in yeah. that's what you want you know you want a more direct style of play all of this overlap and then you know hitting it over it's just it, it, it's a consequence of what Jack Ross saw earlier this season where he just tried to overcomplicate things now that we're playing 4-4-2 and we're just playing more direct football we're doing a lot better yeah, exactly. the, 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 the 5-3-2 with all of these sort of like tactical ins and outs is just it was it was sadly it was it was it's a blueprint that we didn't have the resources yeah, to it's overly to ambitious for the team he's got isn't it and that yeah. is something that we may who knows mm. next season if we are say, fortunate enough to get promoted and we do say bring in different players mm-hmm. it's a system we may adapt to um, well at least for the moment you know that four four two. It's settled. It's working. Yeah. Okay. We've lost one in what five six now, um, but we're doing very well. Mm-hmm. And um, the good thing is, is that we've got adequate competition now yeah. across the board. Mm-hmm. I would maybe like to see him or you know, like, well, him or whatever manager would be at the helm when we are, you know, Touchwood challenging for the championship. Perhaps revisiting a style of play like that. But obviously, what I'm saying, what I'm essentially saying there is when we're a whole division better than what we are, I would like us to then try something like that. Yeah. But yeah. given what we currently have at our disposal, I think it's, it's a, it was a fairly shambolic idea. But <laughs> thankfully, it's one that he seems to have learned from. So I, I can take nothing away from him to that yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. I you know, would have all liked him to get it right the first time, but hey-ho. Anyway, moving on, we have Guy Incognito, whose pros were we won, a Gooch goal, and Maguire is as important as McGeady, and he was class. The cons are Will Grigg, Gave them far too many chances, and the third is we spent four million pounds on Will Grigg. So <laughs> yeah, anyway. we've, done, we've done the Will Grigg one, have we? <laughs> we, 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 we? I don't think they did have too many chances. No, I don't. There was, quite, there was a few from set pieces. <laughs> they didn't not, create much. Nothing in open yeah. play. I thought Sunderland just saw the game out yeah. really well. To be fair, to them. yeah. And I think, I think they could, deserve a bit of credit for it. You could argue that we may be a bit polite as as we so often are sometimes with teams and we give them a bit too much, but ultimately yeah. they did nothing with it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If yeah. look on the flip side, if a team like Akrecton playing against us, you know, we know this formation is going to leave us slightly open. So we did at that stage more or less shut up shop. 
But, you know, there's still 45 minutes for the other team to participate. And I think people often forget about that. They're going to see, mm-hmm. you know, spells of the ball. But I thought yesterday, uh, you know, exclude the goal. And obviously when they hit the crossbar, we were largely untroubled. You know, I, I think, as mentioned, yeah, okay, a couple of set pieces that came into the box, I thought was dealt with well. I thought, again, touching on a positive, John McLaughlin was was okay with them. We we weren't bothered, were we? I think even when we went 1-0 down, okay, yeah, there was a few you know, bedwetters, if you like, who started mm-hmm. to panic somewhat. But I don't think it was ever in doubt yesterday that we were going to win that game. Well, it was like the Wimbledon game, wasn't it? We went 1-0 down, and I'm like, yeah, but this team's crap. Like We are going <laughs> like, to win this game. Yeah, we are so much better than them. Give us a chance, and we will score. That's no disrespect to Agrick and Stanley, but just touching on the points about, say, having Maguire, McGeady, McNulty. Mm-hmm. If you've got that in your team, look, you know, mm-hmm. give them the ball, they're going to score. So, yeah, I, I, I disagree in respect of them having chance after chance. But, look, you know, we, we won. Mm-hmm. Let's let's try and at least draw yeah. some positives from it. Mm-hmm. On our last three visits to the Wham Stadium, now we've scored nine goals. I mean, that's pretty good, really, isn't it? Well, look, it, it suits Sunderland the way Akron play. I think because Akron, mm-hmm. to be fair, uh, yeah, and yeah. they try and get it down and play yeah. a little bit, and yeah. Sunderland tend to create more chances mm-hmm. against those teams. But their new pitch helps us as well. Quite it does a bit. doesn't it? Mm-hmm. One of the criticisms that has often been again levelled at the players, at the management, whoever, if you like, is that we would always come out and sit back and defend and maybe wait to go 1-0 down or if we scored first, then it, you know we're, we're sitting back and waiting for them to equalise. Now, okay, the, there may be games like that going forward for the rest of the season, but the reality is over the course of at least the past month or so, since this change of formation, we're averaging two and three goals a game now. So, look, if we're going to score three goals and just concede the one, it, it's winning games, yeah, okay, the clean sheet thing, he's made a bit of a rod for his own back by saying we need to have 20. This time last season, we only had one. So we're not too far off where we were then. And again, this time last season, we were there or thereabouts, near the top of the league, where we are now. Win that game in hand against Burton, if we played that, we'd be top of the league. So I don't think it's as bad as some people are making out. I think, you know, as as Richard's mentioned, that a lot of praise really needs to be given to Sunderland yesterday. We've went away from home and scored three. I know people are somewhat upset that we haven't rattled them just because Peterborough scored six or because Rotherham scored six, but they're not going to do that every week. Absolutely not. No, I, I certainly don't think they will. Let's, but what I, what I quite liked about um, uh, about this guy's pros here was the number three, which was Maguire is as important as McGeady, and he was class. Now, is that something that we think is particular to this one game, or is Maguire always as important as McGeady? We'll go back to you, Richard. From what, from what you have seen of Sunderland, mm. how would you hold <clears> those two players in regard? No, I think McGeady's class above anyone in this league and he's probably a class above anyone in the squad, I would say. Um, no, McGeady's a class act. <clears throat> Maguire, I think he's excellent on his day. I think there are still times when he's a little bit frustrating and inconsistent's probably a bit too strong, but doesn't always bring it, which is, again, a point Jack Ross has, has levelled at him a couple of times. Um, but yeah, Maguire, <clears throat> excuse me, in this Sunderland side is a, is a really good player. Oh, Maguire. Uh, no, Maguire oh, is right, a really sorry. good player yeah, yeah. in this Sunderland side, and he did well for the for the goal for McNulty. He just just waited, didn't he? And teed it up really nicely. But in terms of comparing the two of them, I think McGee is a class class above. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, if, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, though, what do you say about Maguire being inconsistent? I would I would never call McGee a consistent player. I mean, yes, the quality is there, but he he has had frustrating games for us. Mm. Yeah. There, there have been games where we've expected a masterclass from him, given what we're playing, and we don't get it. I mean, obviously, there are games where his finishes make all the difference, and you do look at him and think, "Yes, you know, this is a player who, by League One standards, is you know an absolute is an absolute masterclass." 
I, I would I would probably if if, I, if if my hand was forced I would say you know yes he is better than Maguire overall, but ultimately there there are a lot of comparisons between the two that suggest otherwise. I mean we look at McGeady yesterday and yes his finish was class, but that finish that 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 finish that he got is a finish that you would never see happen in any division higher than the one we're in. Yeah. When you see the ball go into him, it's an absolute pedestrian ball in the middle. The, the Accrington's number eight. I don't know what on earth he's doing, but he just does not get rid of it. He seems to just he lets it just go into the path of McGeady, someone he should be very mindful of where he is, given that he's a mere eight yards away from him. And obviously McGeady picks it up and, you know, yes, he can put it away like it's nothing, but in any other division, he doesn't get that chance. So sometimes no, I do but... wonder, you know, is McGeady, does McGeady look good in a class above or does this division make itself look like a class below when he plays? I mean, no, but... The end of the day, Son in League One, and <laughs> you know, and you yeah, play, you're yeah. playing, you know what I mean. And you can, only, you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah, exactly. But for me, for McGeady, I think you would um, put your mortgage on a lot more coming up with a match-winning goal or assist or whatever. Whereas Maguire, I don't think you would every game. Um, as I say, I think Maguire's a really good player, and you know, he's he's obviously a huge fan favourite, and um, I think he's done really well since he's been at Sunland. Mm-hmm. But personally, I think. McGeady, McGeady is a is a better player than yeah. McGuire. There is still a reason, isn't there, why he's spent the large parts of his career playing League One football. Yeah. And it is the consistency issue. Yeah. Definitely. But mm-hmm. look, he's, he's had an excellent start the season. Um but yeah. What you do what sorry, what Maguire does do is he, he does keep coming back and proving not Jack Ross wrong, but you know what I mean? Now and again he'll drop him and yeah, then he'll come he'll, back he'll, and he'll yeah. prove why he was signed in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doesn't I mean, keep his head down, does he? Yeah. Seems yeah. to no. come back stronger, which yeah. is good do you think character to have. Do you think he's matured a little bit this season? I mean, there was a lot of spells last uh, last season where you'd say, you know, his behaviour was somewhat petulant and there'd be kickouts and there'd just be stupid, yeah. stupid isolated incidents that you mm-hmm. could point the finger at. There doesn't seem to be so many this time around. He seems to basically know what his role is. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, he's he's chipping in with goals and assists here, there, and everywhere, isn't he? So I think this this term at least he looks a better player certainly than than last season. Mm-hmm. Um, his contribution certainly shouldn't go unnoticed, but I I don't think he's at the levels of Aidan McGeady. Aidan mm-hmm. McGeady still at this age could be playing for for a team in the league above. Yeah, I, I, I would I would say so absolutely. I mean, w- with Maguire as well, you, you have got a player where I- immaturity has always been quite a quite a prevalent it's aspect nature, of his game. It? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to look at that. Well, you know that video, that video, like it does the rounds every now and then of when he's playing for Oxford and he beats the keeper from <laughs> oh, a penalty yeah. spot, and then like imitates how the keeper should have done it. And it, it, I mean, it does. He's done things like that across his entire career. He's done plenty of them for us. You know, against... it's just a shit house, though, isn't he? Like, well, because you know, he plays uh, yeah. for us, we like him. I mean. We, we would despise him. If he played for Portsmouth, we'd hate him. Oh, you would, wouldn't you? We'd like, absolutely despise I'd him. Yeah, I'd, I'll tell you what, actually, before we wrap this one up, here, here's a point to show how much he's disliked by the other teams. Go on the EFL Twitter, uh, scroll through the tweets today. It's been, it was one year since he scored that, that goal down at Burton. Um, and obviously, excellent goal. And the amount of comments from Bury fans who call them this, that and the other... It's it's unbelievable. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that. Way. Yeah, absolutely unbelievable. So when we signed him and you've seen those comments, you think, Christ Almighty, what are we yeah. getting ourselves in for? But everything, what we've got so far, I think we'd all agree we're quite happy with, really. You know, <laughs> yeah, very what, much what so. Long may it continue. Yeah. Now, uh, I mean, I suppose, yeah, like a final point before we do come to the close, but uh, tin hat on with Chris Maguire. He has our best positional awareness. He has the best positional awareness and is the best finisher in our team, in my opinion. I think if, if, I'm, if I'm, I would honestly... I would stand. I would if that's a hill to die on. I would die on it. <laughs> but I do think he's he has the best positioning. He's the best finisher in that team. Looking at what we have based on form, based on quality. I think it suits him being in the almost free role he's got, mm-hmm. yeah. where he sort of 
it it is four four two, but he's he's just got license to do what he wants really. Mm-hmm. And when you compound to McGeady, I've always kind of wanted to see McGeady in that role. Although he does start on the left, he goes everywhere, but mm-hmm. he's still got to track the fullback. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maguire's sort of he plays the role very well. I think he does run the channels and stuff, but it, it suits him. Just he does. Um, the defenders don't know who should pick him up mm-hmm. and whatnot. Yeah. But I I don't know if he's the best finisher. I'd still I'd still. Same McGeady's above him, like mm-hmm. well, finishing anyway. I've always think what what made McGeady was his was his skill and his his, his technique and his decisions. And I, I do personally think that that puts him, I would say, overall as a better player than Maguire. It's a lovely problem to have, though. It, it's a lovely it's a lovely problem to have. Yeah, I think his finishes <laughs> oh, it are all very good, but his his, his finishes are his finishes hinge on his his ability and on his skill and his position on his in his sort of technique. Is, is decision making, whereas I think for Maguire it's a lot more just raw. When you look, like you look instinctive. At, yeah, you, you look at him against. I mean that that goal he scored against Southend, the one he scored against Portsmouth in the yeah. in the um in the the, the, the playoff first leg, and you just look, and that that just sort of comes down to him, just like either just throttling the ball in, into the into the goal, or just sort of picking out his place and then putting it away. Whereas McGeady can can be a, a lot more sophisticated on the approach if you want to uh, if you want to sort of phrase it like that. Who do you think will score more this season? I think McGeady will score more this season, to be honest with you. But I think, again, I think that hinges on his technique, whereas Maguire, that isn't what he has in abundance. Mm-hmm. But what he does have is more of a striker's instinct, whereas McGeady has the same from a winger's point of view. But given that McGeady's just overall a better player, he'll get more goals based mm-hmm. purely on that. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I think I think it's probably it's probably is. I think I think the tin hat is on there. But, you know, yeah. We'll, we'll, opinions we've all got them. We'll see the, the Twitter day. mentions tomorrow. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll scour the Twitter mentions. And you know, if, you, if you've got, if, you, if you're one hour and eleven minutes in, then by all means, feel free to. to we're only to, halfway. We're, we're only halfway. <laughs> yeah. We, if, if if you're currently at the one quarter of the way through the podcast, as of, as of now, have a toilet break. Have a toilet break. Come back. Call us some names. Keep, keep on going. You know, I'm, you're more than welcome to do so. I'm not particularly bothered. Anyhow, I believe we are ready to come to a close. So, as one final point. Just how significant are the next two games, Richard? I think September is a good opportunity to um, build on what's been a pretty good slash solid start and turn mm-hmm. into a really good one. Rotherham obviously put six past. I've forgotten who they're playing. Bolton. Bolton, yes. Had to be Bolton. Bolton had to be Bolton, yeah. They obviously put six past Bolton on uh, yesterday. <clears throat> so, you know, they're in, they're in form and they're obviously going to be a, a decent uh, decent opposition but I think Sunderland have a good chance to build on that and then Bolton oh, I mean they should beat them on Saturday hopefully well I was going to say Richard, have, you, have you seen the highlights of the Rotherham Bolton game no I haven't no. I mean the, the, the game started out as a fairly dignified affair but yeah. the goals were pretty shambolic as the game went on I think the sign was at 9 or 10 deadline day and I think nine. 4 or 5 of them you know obviously I think were missing 3 injury yesterday or match fitness etc etc so you know they're not going to be clicking or gelling yet so Sunderland should be winning that game um, he says uh, so yeah I think September <laughs> is a good opportunity to string together those a similar run really to August where they won four or five on the spin um, so yeah mm-hmm. should be a big week but it has to start against Rotherham doesn't it yeah for sure yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. just how just how important is a win against Rotherham Sam it, I think it, it, it's, it's vital really I mean you talk about and you win 3-1 and you've still got people talking about the performance but against teams like Rotherham mm-hmm. who are going to be near the top it doesn't matter if we get battered and we win 1-0 90, you just need mm-hmm. three points well, don't you 2-1's the more realistic we have, we have to yeah, concede, we have to concede yeah. first I'm, I'm guessing but no it's, it's all about the three points on Tuesday and then it's it's so it's a, such a strange one mm-hmm. next Saturday, Saturday against Bolton I don't think I've ever went on a away game 
expecting to score four so or many. five goals. Yeah. You know I mean, we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. and I mean, you just picture it being nil nil in the thirtieth oh, minute, and yeah, yeah. and the party atmosphere dropping. But it it's all about the first goal, and I mean, it is about the three points. But if you're ever going to see a convincing performance, and like you were saying. Craig about Will Grigg, it, it's all got a click, click next Saturday, mm-hmm. surely. Because there's 4,000 4, Sunderland fans going on. Oh, yeah, yeah. sold out. Sold out yeah. So we yeah. get the first goal. Yeah. You know, they, they should be. It's all about the first goal, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's pretty the first goal is actually ours for once. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, obviously, Did I know that Rotherham came out and got six and they consider the first, but it's. It's still not going to be fun if you're if you're conceding against a team which are let's be honest you know they've, they've been through a lot but that side is a poor side you've got a, you've got a, a haphazard assortment of of you know sort of Bosman signings you know amid a team of 17 18 year olds it's not it, it's not gonna it, it it's go, that team is going down and it's going down yeah. sadly you know with a with a whimper because it's just not good it it, it I mean it's, it's the product of of financial mismanagement, you know, to not open that can of worms, Deep. but it's 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 a uh, it's not it's not going to be a good season for them. It, it's a, it's at least I think you know at the, at the only consolation is that the club's still alive, which is an awful thing to say. I guess the the concern for Sunderland was is that they've got three former Sunderland players in there. Oh, yeah, it's going to be <laughs> look. I mean, look if you if you want to call a one-one, you've got your pick from Bridcud, Buckley, and Murphy there, don't you? Like, geez, <laughs> yes. they're all going to be involved, aren't they? The yeah. thing is, we we drew. St- a little bit of criticism yesterday, Jack Jack Ross did, sorry, and, and some of the team that we, we didn't put them to bed. So mm-hmm. are the pitchforks going to be out if we win 2-0 next week? Yeah. It, 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 is it going to be that? I mean, yeah. I think people will be annoyed if you don't batter them just because your promotion rivals are battering them. It's such a strange game. It is, isn't it? I it's a, it's a proper like funny that. one because, I mean, look, at some point they're going to beat someone, they're going to nick a point as they did against Coventry, is that right? Coventry, yeah. I think, had three no, no, goals chalked yeah. off. Yeah. don't be us. <laughs> it's, it's such a Sunderland thing to do, isn't it? So with that in mind, even if we went one 2-0 down there next week, I'd go, yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Because Win, yeah. Wins are winning, just, yeah. just win the game. Go, the goals are going to dry up. That They're, they're not going to... Surely they can't concede five and six every single week. It has to stop at some point. So providing we go down there, comfortable job, again, pretty much similar to yesterday. Mm-hmm. At three goals, you're out of sight. No panic. We'll just go and win that game. Yeah. I just think the ideal scenario for the next week is that you need to beat Rotherham however you beat them. I, I don't really care. I do think that we are going to win. I do think that we are a better side overall. I think I think we could you could win that 2-1, 2-0, 1-0. it'd be a fairly tight affair, but I do think we'll win. I think from there what you need to do is you need to take the confidence you've amassed now. You need to take the 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 more sort of support Ross has now accumulated from beating a more prestigious side than just Accrington however you do it and then you need to take that and you do need to batter them obviously if we were to win 2-0 1-0 3-0 whatever I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to tell me nose up but a win because 3 points is 3 points but you you do want to continue this form for them of losing heavily every game which isn't a nice thing to see from their point of view but you know it's a ruthless game they're still in the league they, they're, they're still competing and we need the goal difference. Nobody cried for us when we fell out. No of the one cried. Did they? So, no, we, no, 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 nobody know, cried for us. We'll have little sympathy for for others. You've got to take advantage, haven't you? I mean, especially yeah. when Ipswich beat them five 0 We've got to yeah, look, look to match that, really. Haven't you? We need to go, and we need to go and think. Right, everyone's beating them five or six. Let's try and beat them seven nil. Yeah, that's that's yeah. That, that's the mentality. You, know, you need to think. Right, we need. I will be basically a, a sacrifice for us making a statement. That's what we need. I was like, right, you've got here a very poor team. That's you know like assembled quite chaotically and made an absolute disaster of a of, of a predicament for Bolton. But look, 
end of the day, we've got a mint team and we need to be we need to be really blooding our strikers now. We need to get Maguire, McNulty, Grigg, you know, whoever. We need, we need to get them firing. We need to just like rain down on the goal. We need to, we need to get six or seven. Yeah, I want to say that I'm looking forward to it, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, you know, I you have to remember that we are still Sunderland fans here, and <laughs> I remember when we were in the Premier League and we were playing QBR, and they'd lost every single away game that season, and they were absolutely dire on the road. Like they'd lost, they hadn't scored a single goal on the road all season. I was thinking, right, you know, we've got to win this one, says 17 year old Alex, and then, you know, lo and behold, it's two nil. Bobby Zamora just netted an absolute perler, and you know, you just think, right, yeah. I've, Crap! I'm a Sunderland fan. I forgot. You we know. don't forget, do we? <laughs> it, it, we don't you forget. No, no, forget. no. Because it was there's so many scenarios like those that you've. We should be aiming at least for seven nil. And I know that sounds a bit, that's a ridiculous thing to say <laughs> well, in any context. That said, I'd settle but, for one. I'd settle for yeah, a one nil. Yeah. I'll, I'll take anything. I'll take, I will take literally anything. So let's have a one last whip round for predictions. And just before we finish off today, so we'll start with you, Richard. Again, outside looking in, can you predict for us, please, the Rotherham score and its scorers? Um, you predict the same for Bolton. Yeah, I think wanna... Rotherham will be pretty tight. I think Sunderland will win 2 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fancy McNulty again and ooh, McGeady. Bolton, I'm pretty sure, I'm convinced they'll score first, um, but I think Sunderland will run out. Ooh, I'm going to go 4 1. Scorers, um, Grigg to come on as a sub to get one. Gooch and, I don't know, Dobson and Maguire. Mm-hmm. Sam? I agree with Rotherham. I think it's, it's all about the result. I think it'll be a tight game. I'm going to go 2 1 as well. McNulty and Maguire and then I'm just going to say 5-0 against Bolton and McGeady I think McGeady's got to outclass them isn't he two from him and then Will Grigg Hatrick why not oh, you'd love to see it as well <laughs> I'm sure he would above all else and finally before finally before me Craig likewise for Rotherham I think we'll score first which is overly ambitious but I think you're feeling alright I was going to say probably not flash forward to next week we'll see how <laughs> we've got on um, McNulty McGeady yeah the, those are your, your likely um, likely goal scorers for that one. Bolton, um, I'm going to say three one, and I think it will be again across the board same goal scorers as yesterday. What I do hope, um, in terms of regardless of what the score is, look, you know, even if we go out and win three nil, four nil, five nil, let's not do it to death on social media and you know slag them off because we haven't scored six or seven yeah. mm-hmm. you know let's still have everything but a bit of realism a bit of context and say three points is the most important thing goal difference of course will then take uh, form afterwards if we can go and smash them brilliant that's fine but we just need six points from this week and that will tighten up a pretty good start the season I would say mm-hmm. uh, for mine I would say what I think is going to happen and I'm going with quite an optimistic one I think we're going to beat Rotherham and by doing so make a statement by keeping a clean sheet and they're going to win 1-0 and I think we are going to get a goal from McGeady I think I think we're going to we're going to open them up at some point in the game and I think you're going to rely on McGeady's technique just to get you in where you need to be and just put one away for 1-0 I think we're going to take the confidence we've got from there into the game for, to, in, against Bolton and I think we are going to cock it up ever so slightly mm. I think we're going to win 5-2 I think they're gonna. I think we're gonna concede too. I think. I think we're gonna be. I think we're gonna concede first. I think we're gonna bring up to about two one. They're gonna. They're gonna draw level. I think we'll make it. We'll make it just a little bit awkward. But yeah. ultimately, as the game goes on, they'll disintegrate and we'll go on and we'll win five two. But I'm gonna predict awkwardly two two at half time. Jesus just, Christ! Just just to make us all a little bit uneasy. <clears> and then we'll have to get a point if that's the case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think our goal scorers are gonna be. I think we're gonna have Maguire get two. I think Gucci's gonna get one. I think Griggs gonna get two. I think Griggs gonna get is in the second half though. 
I think that's going to be what kickstarts him and what ignites him a bit. I think we're going to he's going to get the, the latter two goals of the game that relieves us of what could be a potentially <laughs> awful result. But I think I think while the scoreline will flatter us in the end, we will just make it a little bit awkward to begin with, because I just think that's Sunderland way. Thank you very much, Craig, for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Sam. Thanks for having us. And thank you very much for coming back, Richard. Absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for listening once again. And here is to six points by this time next week. Yeah. For those listeners, if it is 2 2 at half time, bear in mind I do the commentary of the games. Please don't give me abuse. <laughs> Just report yeah. on what's happening. <laughs> so I've been Craig Chapman, and thank you very much for. <laughs> <laughs>